Welcome back to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. The show is hosted by myself, Dina Griffin, and my co-host, Bob Sibahar. In case you're new to the podcast or unfamiliar with us, we are board certified sports dietitians and registered dietitians with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We're excited to have you join us for this episode that we're calling Common Nutrition Mistakes You Don't Want to Make. So in this episode, Bob and I are sharing from our experience over all of these years, the common mistakes we do see that are made, especially around this time of the of the new year. So tune in and get in the know and arm yourself with this information so that you can avoid making these common nutrition mistakes. Thank you so much for being here with us. Now let's move on to episode number 60 of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Well, happy new year in 2023 to all of you listeners out there. We hope your new year is going so well. And I'm just wondering, did you set some goals for yourself or some high aspirations for this year ahead? Bob and I are dying to know what is going on with your new year aspirations and also how does your nutrition fit into this whole piece? So today, Bob, we're going to go over some of the common nutrition-related mistakes that we see this time of the year. And honestly, sometimes it's not just exclusive to the beginning part of the year. It can permeate throughout. But since we're kind of established into this new year of 2023, let's address, Bob, some of these mistakes so that our listeners are thinking about these things, being proactive, and hopefully having a good momentum as we get into the the meat and potatoes of the year. Uh, Also tofu and veggies. Tofu and veggies. And Bob, what's exciting for our discussion today is we're touching on a number of different um, age groups, athlete types. I mean, it's really for everyone and anyone, right, Bob? Oh, everybody. I mean, literally everybody that will listen or can listen or wants to listen, you will pick up at least, I would say at least three to five golden nuggets after this episode. Okay. So get out your notebook. Get your Uh, notebook out. There's going to be a lot of, and we're going to bounce today a little bit, right? Not bounce, meaning, you know, like with the younger generation, when they say I'm going to bounce, but we're going to bounce around with topics, right? And and that's why, I don't know, Dean, I'm feeling a little fired up this morning because it is, it's the new year. It's, it's still difficult for me to say 2023 because I'll, I'll always, you know, it usually takes like a month or so to put that into the brain, burn that into the brain. But with that, like you said, we've got new goals and everything, but don't so many athletes just... I mean, they set goals. I set goals. You set goals. And it's awesome. It's fantastic. But sometimes, I'm, I don't want to say we don't know why we're setting goals, but we're sometimes relying on too much fluff, I think. And that's kind of the fluff we're going to talk about here. So call it fluff, call it mistakes, call it whatever, mishaps. We're just going to put it all out there. And I think we're going to have fun with this. And and I think we're going to call some of these things out and say, listen, let's, you know, it's kind of the the... I think really looking at why you're doing something and with in regard to how you're going to do it and how you're going to manage your goals, right? 
I know, Bob, before we get into those, I just feel like, and I'm guilty of this as well at times. It's just, I want to start fresh. I just want to look ahead and I'm so excited for what's to come, but I forget oftentimes, well, I've matured and aged and, and become more wise, but oftentimes this piece of reflection to actually look back right before going forward so Mm. that we aren't continuing some of the mistakes like shoot, you know, that I, I blew it again. And, and just really, I think this does come with age and experience, but ultimately what we want to do here, Bob, is help our listeners, right? So that we are addressing some of these things that happen to a lot of people and a lot of our athletes that we've seen over the years. So we're just trying to um, bridge that gap, uh, you know, kind of stop the train from going off the tracks. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think we need to remember that, you know, changing a behavior is difficult, extremely difficult, even for the, for people who've changed behaviors before it is so hard. And we know this, right. And and it's hard for us too, right. It's hard for us to break a routine. It's hard for us to make it even a small change, but you know, we're not going to, we're not talking about, you know, we're not going to be your cheerleaders and rah, rah, this isn't the episode, right. We're going to specifically say, okay, these are the mistakes we are hearing about that. We want to help you hopefully not make this new year. Right. And I think where we should start Dina is just let's lay the foundation periodizing your nutrition, using the nutrition periodization strategy and concept to guide your entire year is extremely important. And all that means is look at what competitions you have. Look at when your season is, when is your in-season, off-season, out-season, pre-season? Like that's what nutrition periodization is primarily is just allowing you to to associate your nutrition to support your training, to support your competition. So That's first and foremost. Then we kind of get on top of that and say, okay, then we're going to want to use the metabolic efficiency concept. And really, if you've listened to us before, listeners, all that is, is using food to optimize blood sugar. That is really what we're trying to send the message. And Dina, I'm going to go out on a limb and say those two things should be the foundation for every single person, irrespective of age, of athletic ability, of sport. I think those are the two foundational nutrition concepts that everybody should take into this new year. Okay. So what you're saying, Bob, if I flip it is the mistake is ignoring those two foundational principles, either not continuing to educate yourself, like what these concepts are, if they are brand new to you, um, I wouldn't say that's a mistake, but it does arm you with this superpower (laughs) to, uh, you know, adopt your nutrition throughout, but starting with that foundation, you really do build upon it. So we could say, yeah. yeah, it would be an oversight to not employ those strategies or educate oneself about those strategies and then employ them as we layer on some of these other things we're going to talk about. Yeah. And let's just refer our listeners. We're not going to go too much into nutrition periodization and metabolic efficiency because we did do that last year. So check out episodes eight and nine of our podcast for a great, you know, a little bit more of a deep dive. And yeah, we'll be talking about it throughout 2023 as it relates, but we're just going to kind of push the pause button just with the assumption of that is the foundation. That is, I like what you said, Dina, it's the nutrition superhero, right? Or superheroes of the year is nutrition periodization and metabolic efficiency training. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Um, well, I, I'm, geez. I'm a little I, hot under the collar. Do you think <laughs> I can start with my first one? Yeah, because I was just going to say, I'm kind of sweating, uh, looking at 
uh, you know, the things on our minds or here, you just the, the, listening to my own thoughts, like what I want to talk yeah. about, but you, you go ahead, Bob, well, what you got, what you got. Listeners, we have literally, we kind of put together a list separately. We came together and I'm not going to kid you. We've got close to 20 nutrition mistakes. We might not be able to cover all of them, but it's just to let you know, like that's how many of these things really, and, and there are more, we know this, but these are the more popular ones that your two friendly sport dietitians see. But I have to start with this one, Dina. Oh my okay. gosh, please. It's it's the new year. It, it always happens and it's driving me bonkers. It drives me bonkers every single day of the year. But for some reason, January, it really drives me bonkers, right? Okay. okay here's number one, mistake number one. Focusing too much on scale weight or mm -hmm. body comp percentage, the numbers, right? In terms of it qualifying you to be a good person or a successful athlete. That is a huge mistake is looking at that number and letting that number determine if you are a good person or a great, a good athlete or not. So that I just have to throw that out there and we can go down the rabbit hole a little bit, but what, what say ye on that one, D? Yeah, I mean, saying that we're successful or we've failed based on those couple numbers, gosh, it's it's sad. <laughs> Honestly, I I shouldn't even laugh because it's truly sad. I need I need a tissue more to dry my tears. Right. But yeah, I think that is because there's so many new year, you know, challenges out there, a lot of weight loss, detox fasting, blah blahs, diets that start our new year often in our culture a lot of those challenges involve weighing and like you win or you lose, right? Mm -hmm. um, let alone just trying to tie that to athlete performance. And so it's really a disservice. It's the wrong way to go. It's, it's um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good one to start with, Bob, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It could totally be in its own episode, right? It, it could totally. And I think it may be because it just, mm -hmm. it really kind of gets under our skin because there are so many, so many negative connotations to this. But let me just also say this. I mean, if you are an, an athlete and, and everyone, you guys, you're welcome to 2023, you know, our definition of athlete, if you're an active, you're basically an athlete, right? So you don't have to be uber competitive, collegiate, professional, Olympic. But with that said, I want to make sure that you know, some, most of us, especially as we age too, we do have some body related goals, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is I'm not discounting those by any means, but using quantitative numbers to satisfy those goals may not be the best, right? And here's just a quick little story slash example. I mean, I remember in grad school, Dina, my my two theses actually um, utilized DEXA scanning, right? So I actually at Colorado State University love them to death, right? Little little props because we're so we're we're CSU Rams. But that said, like I got certified as a DEXA, you know whatever they call it, scanner. Admit I don't know what. Anyway, yeah. I did DEXA scans. So DEXA is like the gold standard for doing body comp, right? So we need, we were doing some bone density stuff too, which is why we did DEXA. So fast forward, then I moved on, you know, private practice, all that stuff. And then I went to University of Florida where we use the bod pot. So the bod pot is this great egg looking thing that measures body comp. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was there, you know, I was talking to one of the sport dietitians that was there. We only had two of us. And I'm like, well, why do you, why, why are we using, like, why are we doing this? 
And the, the answer was, we're not quite sure. We just like the coaches want the information. And right there was big red flag. I was like, Oh no, 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 that's not good information to allow. And it's not that coaches are abusing it, but sometimes it does happen. Right. Yeah. Fast forward to when I worked at the USOC, you know, where we, it was so funny because I went from DEXA to Bod Pod to Calipers. Right. And let me just say, I started with Calipers because I did a lot of strength and conditioning before um, you know becoming a dietitian, but my point is that even at the USOC or USOPC now, we did skin full calipers in, in kind of a higher level. Um, it's called ISAC. But I even doing it then, Dina, I always question why, why? Like, and I never really liked, I, I actually do like skin calipers because you can provide the millimeters of skin fold instead of putting it into one of the various equations that gives you a percentage. But it still always came back to me like, why are we needing these numbers? Like, why can't we focus on sleep and recovery and power and speed and like all these other performance markers rather than just a number? So I think I'm probably going to get off my soapbox, but just listeners just know there are so many better ways to grade or to to gauge your progress in changing your body than just a simple number. Okay, I'll just add a little tiptoe on this soapbox before I tiptoe off is uh, because I was right there on the box with you. (laughs) Just I was just thinking of some of the popular diet programs out there that still do weigh ins. And there's still a lot of programs out there and coaches who will demand that you send a weight like your weekly weight or your picture or whatever. and that determines progress or not, like you've had a mm-hmm. setback. And I have an issue because it's also not even looking at what you're eating. Like you can eat like junk, lose a pound or whatever, and yay you, but yet you're not healthy, right. let alone all the psychological issues that come with these kinds of strategies. So yucky. Uh, <laughs> again, this could be a whole a whole hour long rant or yeah. uh, mistake bucket but I think we should move on maybe. I think we should. Let's just okay. take a deep breath. Um, I think I I'm going to proclaim word of the episode is yucky. Yucky. Because I've just <laughs> not heard that in so long. Word That's classic. Today. That's classic. <laughs> okay, Bob. Well, I'll change gears just a little because it's something that was on my mind and yeah. I have a little personal story with it too, but the uh, build it and it will come kind of thing with regard to like buying the gizmos and the kitchen gadgets and the fancy appliances and things. And Mm. then expecting like miracles to happen with your nutrition and your behaviors around nutrition and all of that is, you know, you, you do get maybe gifted uh, an appliance or you buy one, right. Just thinking because you have all these food goals, nutrition goals or whatever, and you you never really learn how to use the the gizmo or the gadget. You know, you just expect because you simply bought it and put it in your kitchen now that it's sitting there and it'll do the work for you. And that is really not what happens, right? No. Um, so yeah, I was thinking of the air fryer because it, it's one of the newer gizmos out there, right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think my mother listens to this podcast, so I'll just mention that she gave me her still-in-the-box air fryer that she had had for two months sitting in her house um, because it didn't operate itself, right? (laughs) In the box. No, it was not operating. It did not fix all of her 
you know, health <laughs> concerns and all of this stuff. So anyways, just thinking of that, cause I see that a lot of times spending a good, a good chunk of coin on these, these things. And then it, they just sit there unused. So, you know, you could either save yourself some money and not invest in these things or, you know, really make the time. It doesn't take that long for a lot of these newer appliances to watch, you know, like a YouTube video, how mm-hmm. to use this thing and just start with some basics. Um, so I'll, I'll pause on that one, Bob. And yeah, it's, it's funny any. that you mentioned that I, I do, I just do want to comment that my mom does listen to our podcast. So oh. not that I have to watch what I say, cause we've got that relationship <laughs> where we can tell each other anything, but, uh, anyway, I, I do want the air fryer is such a great example because I gifted my family with an air fryer this, oh, you know, this nice. holiday season. Cause I'm like, yeah. And really because my oldest son got one for his apartment. And he just kept saying, wow, it's so great. I'm like, oh, I've got it. I have to get one, right? He was yeah. talking about it. So I got one and I I fell into that, Dina, although I did unbox it first. I unboxed oh, it. I put it on the counter. I'm like, okay, what do I do now, right? Because then, you know, I found, my, I'm reading the book. I'm one of those geeks. I read the book. I'm like, yeah, okay, I make sure too. that I don't screw anything up. Then I did. I went to YouTube and I'm like, okay, what kind of things should I not try to make, right? Because I'll yes. try anything. Um, but, but to, to put it into perspective, like it took me, it, it did take a little bit of time and only because I wasn't used to that appliance. So yeah. great point for all of us, busy professionals, students, collegiate out, like doesn't matter when we don't have a lot of time to already associate or give to things like this, it can just sit in the box or it can just yeah. sit on the counter. I would probably pick out and maybe we do one episode this year, like the the top, you know, gadgets and gizmos that are Bob and Dina, you know, approved. Cause I do think, I think the air fryer is, is wonderful. There's so many things that it replaces. So you can yeah. kind of go to one appliance, but it is intimidating. Like it yeah. absolutely is. I, I tried to dehydrate some apples the other night and ended up overcooking them. Right. Cause yeah. I wasn't there. And so there's a learning curve also. There is a learning right? curve. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I've only, I've only used mine once so far. Of course I just got it, you know, a week ago, but oh, there go the yeah. excuses. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's an investment, but if you're looking to get some benefit, like time efficiency, batch yeah. prep your meals. Totally. Uh, simplify, get rid of some other excuses, then yeah, you have to invest that time, right? Just like we shop for good running shoes or the bike that fits us well or whatever. Well, and let's just, I mean, listen, you know, you get home from a long day of work and what do you do? Maybe you take a walk with the dog or take a walk with your, your significant other, make some, like whatever it is, but there's always some chill time where you can just sit down and educate yourself like mm-hmm. on your phone and, and, or on the computer, just look at YouTube for a few minutes or whatever it yeah. is. Cause I mean, that's, I made, um, I made uh drum drumsticks, chicken drumsticks, you know, they were seasoned and I did that as very intimidating in an air fryer. Cause I'm like, what do I, yeah. do I need to do something? What do I do? Right. But they turned out great. Right. And I think once you have that one success and that's what I would impart on the listeners have that one success go for that one success that you'll hit and then it becomes so much easier yeah yeah don't just use an air fryer as a toaster I mean it's great don't get me wrong but there's so much more you can do with it Ooh, okay we'll have to have an air fryer episode we should for sure <laughs> or I like your idea of you know exploring some of the more popular efficient you know yes. these are worth your investment kind of yeah. gadget gizmo Totally. Totally. All right, Dean, my next one kind of refers to this. Um, It's, it's similar, although it's on the front end of it. So it's the whole grocery store thing. And it's, you know, 
let me just let me just go back. Some of us grew up, you know, kind of going to the grocery store with our parents, our parents. Some of us didn't. Some of us don't know even where to go in the grocery store or what to find. And I totally get that. Like depends on how you grew up. And what I'm finding is a lot of teenage athletes and college athletes, a lot of them, the majority of them have not had that opportunity to have grocery store education with their parents growing up. And for whatever reason, they're busy, busy schedules. I get it. I mean, I work with these guys and gals and their schedules are like probably worse than ours. Right. But that said, I just, I just want to shout, throw a shout out there and say, there's a system systematic approach to grocery store shopping that I teach. And it's, I think we talked about an episode last year, but, or we mentioned something about it and you're like, Oh, that's a good idea. And I literally treat the grocery store as I treat nutrient timing. So there's a pre grocery store prep. There's a during grocery store, like what you should be doing. And then there's a post grocery store. Like what should you do after the grocery store? Sometimes it's not as easy as just throwing stuff in the fridge or the pantry. So I would just want to really highlight that. And, and I know it sounds funny and everyone's probably like, those two are such geeks. They're dietitians. Of course they do that. Um, but not all people do, not all dietitians do this, but uh, you know, it really is about being prepared. But if you just in the, in your mindset, say, I'm going to approach grocery store shopping as I do a workout, right? So what do I do to get prepared for my workout? What do I do during, keep my mindset, do whatever skills. And then what do I have to do afterwards to recover? And I think if we just think about that, and maybe we'll expound on that a little bit this year, D, in a different episode, because I would love to break up the kind of the process that I've come up with, because it just, it's so intuitive and it's so easy once you know about it. Yeah, I love that. Underappreciated for sure. Grocery store. Yeah. The preparing, like you're saying, how we view that experience and then- Mm -hmm at the actual store to do our shopping. There's many ways to approach that. And your, yeah, your system is, is a great one that we will go into again in another episode. Yeah. And so especially nowadays, just because of the mm-hmm. supply chain, right? I mean, it's, yeah. there's so many times I've gone in the grocery store or sometimes I'll do pickup too. I mean, depends on the day and how I'm feeling in the week, but I'm like, okay, my top two choices are not here, right? How do I pivot? If I wasn't prepared, then I would be like, oh, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm going crazy running around. But but I've got my options because I did the work beforehand. And, yes. and listeners, you're thinking, oh, that takes so much time. It really doesn't. Like I will literally, you know, when I'm in my chill period at night, I'll just start making a list. I'll start. But, but again, it's using the system. And that's yes. like develop the system first. So then you can use this system. Right. Yeah. Excellent, Bob. Okay. Well, what you got? Well, I, you know, I was thinking of food as you were talking about grocery store. And I think one thing I want to mention here that was on my mind is this, this mindset and mentality when we're thinking about like, okay, fresh year, I'm going to start it off right. Uh, you know, maybe you've read books or listened to our pods or other pods. And anyways, you have these ideas about, you know, what you want to do with your nutrition. I feel that a lot of human beings are so focused on like, I can't eat X, Y, Z. I'm not going to eat ABC. There's no way I'm going to. And instead, I'd love to see more focus on what to add in, what to focus more on in terms of foods to, you know, include, 
uh, maybe that's variety or eating something more often or just incorporating you know, one extra food per week instead of the flip, which is like, I don't do sugar, flour, wheat. I don't do, you know, the long mm. list of 12 different things. It's really shifting that um, and being being set more on all of the things to add in, in that mindset. And it's, you know, I think it takes away restriction and negativity, right? And that's that's what I love about this is kind of focusing on the do and not the do not, right? Yeah. Because if, if we always focus on, I can't, or I'm not going to have a cookie, a donut or whatever, or maybe it's coffee or whatever it is. It's not, I don't want to shame a food or, or a drink, but if you constantly focus on the do not or the don't or the can't or the shouldn't that, and, and you know, I'm not a licensed psychologist, but that message keeps on being played over in the neurons in your brain. And eventually you are accustomed to don'ts and can'ts and shouldn'ts and nots instead yeah. of the do's and I should, and I can, right. So yeah. it is kind of doing a little bit of wordsmithing, but also really focusing on the do's or, or the, the can, let's just say the can do's instead of the cannot do's. Yeah. I yeah. love that to death. I mean, it's so important. Just the whole, I mean, that's part of my, my philosophy is listen, if I want a cookie, I'm gonna have a cookie. Like it's I just, I'm not going to say can't, right. Or I shouldn't. I'm like, uh, no, if I yeah. want it, I'm going to have it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a shift in our, you know, societal, cultural norm in terms of food, nutrition, health is, you know, moving away from the the finger pointing to mm -hmm. more like the bring it on, let's yes. let's do this. So Exactly. And it's kind of like the air fryer, it is a little intimidating, right? Because you do have to change your mindset, your paradigm, yeah. it's a paradigm shift. But you do also have to educate yourself a little bit more on different types of foods and beverages because yeah. there are a lot more do's. To be honest with you, there are a lot more do's than don'ts. I mean, yeah. let's just put it out there. I think because I think we always find the same don'ts, mm -hmm. but we don't explore the new do's. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking hair do's either. I know. I know. All okay. Right, can Bob. I can I go into my next one because it yeah. so relates to the whole food thing too, and it's convenience foods. Okay. You and I are, are this, let's just say we are the same age, right? We grew up in the same generation and let's just, you know, I'm thinking back, what were the convenience foods that we had when we were growing up? Well, it was canned foods, right? Canned veggies, canned yeah. fruits, uh, boxed, you know, macaroni and cheese and pasta. But, you know, we didn't have a lot of these really cool convenience foods that we have today. Like, you know, we had the TV dinners, remember like the Swanson's TV dinners with oh, the little segments yeah. and you didn't really know if it was food or not. Right. But you know, you kind of ate it. Yes. Mysterious at times. <laughs> yeah. But there are so many convenience foods out here and I'm not poo-pooing that by any means, but here's the thing. Everybody knows I work a lot with young athletes, high school collegiate athletes, and I've been seeing this trend and I do believe it's a lot about how they grow, grew up and how they are growing up just in terms of their education and their family structure. But the, the mantra seems to be choosing convenience over education, right? And my big thing is I want to educate before the convenience. I'm, I'm fine with convenience and convenience food as long as it matches health goals, performance goals. But here's the thing. I think we do a disservice, especially to our young individuals. And this can be young adults also who are outside of the collegiate setting is if we don't teach you first about food, you're not going to know about the different options of the convenience foods, mm -hmm. right? So, or, or you may get stuck ordering, uh, you know, the typical DoorDash, you know, certain, certain restaurants or three of them or whatever, 
But my thing is, I'm not negative uh, about the convenience foods. I just want to really emphasize, it's the do part that we just talked about, Dina. I want to emphasize educating about food before we utilize the convenience foods 90% of the time, 80% of the time. So that's, that's just a big thing. You know, we want to, we want to set everybody up for, you know, to have a good nutrition education for the future. They, we don't need you to be dietitians. We don't need you to know all that. We don't need you to go to school for this, but you need to know how to fuel yourself, how to feed yourself. And more importantly for health, right? Because that's, that's really what it becomes. You know, once you get out of college, and I'm going to say this to you, like, you don't really think about it at first, but I think once you hit your thirties, you're like, okay, I'm not bulletproof anymore. Like I need to really start paying attention to the food and the beverages and how I treat my body. So I guess I'll just leave that one there. That's a good one, Bob. I mean, education and that helps us determine, you know, when I'm in that situation or circumstance where I do need to rely more on convenience foods, how can I choose? Mm -hmm more wisely or, or what do I need to be keeping an eye on, you know, to make that situation go. Okay. So that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, I was thinking Bob here for my next one is bringing up the fact that many of us out, out here in the world are, especially our endurance athletes starting up new season of training. This kind of comes with the nutrition periodization thing you were mentioning at the start of our episode too. Mm. But, uh, you know, a lot of people that have their, their workouts that may not seem at least mentally, right. Like, or even looking at a training schedule, like, oh, it's not, it's not that big of a workout. It's not that big of a week of ahead of training you know, I don't, I don't need to really be paying attention too much to what I'm doing Mm -hmm. for food fueling around these workouts. And so it's kind of like a mindset, like, well, I'm not, I'm not really burning that many calories. I'm not doing 20 hour weeks. I don't have, you know, two, two days or anything. And so it's, it's starting this trend and this mindset or approach to potentially, under fueling either acutely for those training sessions or maybe over the course of the week. And that can set us up for maybe poor, poor recovery, even, even if we're in base training or like a lower volume block. Um, But I think eventually this can lead to some other issues, right? With low energy availability, maybe some nutrient deficiencies along the way, and then the whole host of other systems in the body that can get negatively affected. So do you want to add some thoughts to that one, Bob? Because it's, yeah, it's you know, and deal. it snowballs too. that less is yeah. more whole mm-hmm. paradigm. It snowballs. And I've seen this and I've unfortunately, you know, fortunately, or unfortunately, I've, I've helped athletes guide them in eating disorders and disordered eating. And, and I will tell you the snowball effect is absolutely valid. Like once you get used to compromising your nutrition, under fueling, whatever it is, it becomes the norm. And yeah. that's what you tend to do. So then you go into workouts under fueled and under prepared. You're not recovering. Perhaps you have those nutrient deficiencies. Like you said, maybe there's some bone issues, some muscle issues um, that are, that are now presenting themselves injuries. So yeah, it's a slippery slope and it's like, I get it. Do you remember? I mean, back in the days, check the box, check the box back in the days with metabolic efficiency. And I know you remember this where 
a lot of athletes were taking the concept and and really oh, really not utilizing it well, right? They were like, oh, the whole goal of metabolic efficiency is to compromise and is to create a deficiency and to underfuel and to see what I see how less I can get away with. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the exact opposite of what metabolic efficiency is, right? So I do think that 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 mindset still is in some athletes' minds. And a lot of times, D, it's it's sometimes, yes, it is related to performance and sport, but a lot of times it's just related to body image, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could flip this a little bit, Bob, and instead of the underfueling or like, yeah, I'm not worth it. I don't need to fuel right now. It's the the flip being like, holy moly, I'm doing six hours of, of exercise now and I've got to start pumping in all the sports mm-hmm. nutrition to fuel my workouts. So this is really tying back to learning the principles of metabolic efficiency, nutrition period, periodization, nutrient timing, and taking that like that zoom out view of your year ahead or your season ahead, however long that is. And then micro examining everything and then figuring out, uh, and it might sound overwhelming at first, right? As I say it like that, but um, we can also do some things perhaps (laughs) with some oversight by overfueling things here early in the year. Right. Right. Totally. And, you know, listeners, I just want to, you know, kind of bring up too. if you've been listening to us for over, you know, the year that we've been doing this, you know, how Dean and I operate, like we, we, we are not uh, focused on calorie counting, you know, in terms of the objective only. And we kind of talked about the numbers and the body weight and all that stuff earlier, but I mean, is there a time and a place for objectively um, classifying your food intake and maybe using an online software. Yeah. I I do think there's some educational components there, but not, not putting on the diet handcuffs and using it every single day, every single hour for education. It's fantastic, but we do have some subjective measures and that kind of comes into my next one, Dean is kind of differentiating between the subjective and the objective, right? So when do we use both? When do we use objective? When do we use subjective? I personally believe there's a nice fine balance there. It's kind of like a nice, you know, relationship, nice marriage, whatever you want, where there's a, there's some give and take and every, you know, both parties contribute most of the time. Right. But, you know, just kind of focusing on that subjective and the feelings and, and the body cues. Like I know there are certain days where if I eat something, I know I'm not going to feel well, or even some days I don't know that I won't feel well when I eat something. And maybe I don't know, so maybe something got in my system or whatever, but you need, what I'm saying is subjectively, you need to step back and realize, am I bloated? Am I feeling different? Is, is my cognitive functioning not on par? Like what's going on, right? Take yeah. a step back and say, subjectively, what have I done in the past one to three days? What have I eaten? Have I gotten good sleep? You know, all those subjective measures, then you can bring in the numbers and say, okay, maybe I was under fueled. Maybe I did have low energy availability or the opposite. Maybe I ate too much. Right. So I do think like, that's a big mistake. And I guess the mistake would be only focusing on either subjective or either objective and not utilizing both at the same time. Ooh, Bob, this ties to one that I had on my my brain here. So it's just a nice segue is the focus on the objective. So, and it kind of ties to the, the kitchen gizmos and gadgets. Mm-hmm. So we might have um, maybe 
a new device on hand to give us more objective data about our sleep quality or HRV or resting heart rate, you name it. So we've got all this cool objective data coming into our our feeds, our screens. We've got apps and all this stuff to look at it, but then we don't know how to marry that up with subjective or we don't know how to use that data to actually make the changes to affect the outcome. Maybe that's a matter of still like, you know, buy it and it fixes everything or it's like, well, shoot, I can't, you know, I can't figure out how to use the data or, or I, I thought this whole thing would be easier, but there's this, this disconnect, right. Between that objective and the subjective. Um, That's a huge disconnect. Yeah, I I hear that all the time with athletes, Dean. I know you use the aura ring, right. But it's, it's, it's even athletes using aura ring or whoop or doing HRV a different way or whatever, whatever monitoring device that you're using. it, It is, it's taking the info and saying, oh, well, I had my, my sleep was compromised last night. Okay. You know, what you're saying Dina, is great. Like, okay, what do I do with that? Like, how do I make sure that that doesn't happen again? So what, what am I, how how am I going to use those numbers or that feedback, which is very objective, uh, very, very numbers based. How am I going to use that to put into a plan? So it doesn't happen tonight or tomorrow night. Like, am I not going to drink alcohol tonight? Am I going to try to, you know, control my blood sugar every three to four hours? Like there, that's what I think where you're getting at is kind of utilizing that information, which that information is great if it's utilized. Right. And that's, you know, I guess I'll say that not just like, we just don't want to store it because why are you going to spend, I don't know how much these things are nowadays, but a few hundred bucks, like why are you going to spend a few hundred bucks on something if you're not going to actually use it? Exactly. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. I know. Totally. Yes. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) Okay. So this one, this one is such a heated topic with me and a huge mistake. And it's going to be a mistake every single month, week, day of every year, right? Supplements, Dina, supplements, supplements, supplements. And it's not that they're not beneficial. So I think if, again, listeners, if you've been listening to us for a while, Dina and I are very pro supplements, but here's the thing. You need to understand what your body needs and doesn't need. So some professional analysis, some quantitative analysis, some testing, it could be biomarkers, blood work, could be omega-3 index, could genomics, genetic testing, metabolic, like so many different things, right? But I, with with me and and I'll just kind of focus on young athletes and parents right now. Just the fact that they're not understanding that supplements are supplemental to food, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have to understand one. Let's take a step back. Maybe part of the whole nutrition periodization, metabolic efficiency training. Understand what we're doing on a daily nutrition, daily hydration first. Then we see what may be missing. Then we get testing, right? Okay, vitamin D testing or whatever it is. Then we get to fill in the blanks. Now, I do there. I do believe there are some supplements that are kind of what I call a tier one that that you know most people could probably take without some testing. Um, but then, like when I, once I get into my tier two and three, it's like, oh no, that requires testing. Like if you're going to take vitamin D, we should probably know what your vitamin D levels are for. Right? I mean that 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 will cancel out if you're going to take it or not. So I don't know, it can go, it can go to, you know, adults also. And just don't, I mean, you know, how many times do you, do you work with an athlete and, you know, they're like, they give you their supplement list and 
my next question to him is, well, why, why do you take these? Yeah. And, and it's not derogatory. It's just why, like, let me understand, help me understand. Yeah. Why do you take these? Why yeah. do you take a multivitamin? I don't know. Well, why do you take vitamin D? Oh, because I had my vitamin D measured and it was low. Then my next question is, well, what, what was the number? Like how low is it? Was it sport low or was it normal right. person low? <laughs> and, and that blood test was from three years ago. Exactly. <laughs> You know, that's actually a good, a good thing to mention is when you do these biomarker tests, some of them, not all, but some of them, you know, literally, if you don't have one that's been done in probably two, the last two or three months, it it may not be valid data. So maybe sometimes you can't even work with it, but I don't know. I'll just back up and say, just not understanding about supplements, the proper usage, uh, maybe which ones are beneficial and not beneficial for you. And that's where I want to leave that is some supplements are extremely beneficial, but maybe not for you in your particular scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's, that's actually, you know, preferred if we can get a lot done through food. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob, I think I, you know what, I'm just going to add one more to our list and then throw it back to you. If you have any others you want to add for our mistake episode here is just, you know, the whole, again, we're excited for our new year. We want to jumpstart, maximize, optimize real quick, real fast. And, and sometimes we go to the extremes. Maybe we are Mm. lured by whatever social media influencer, whatever program or things that come across our eyeballs, but just, you know, going to extremes, meaning, uh, maybe it's a, a long, or, or radical fasting program that we're implementing without really addressing a lot of these other things that we've been talking about. Maybe it's some sort of, you know, seven day detox thing and you, you end up spending, I I actually was looking at some prices of detox programs and one that I saw was $300 a day to buy all their supplements and their potions and powders and everything. Oh my gosh. So I, it's, you know, I hate to say like, nobody needs to do this stuff, but I would just bring it back to what you mentioned a minute ago, like figure out for your own self, working with a professional who isn't pushing this kind of thing outright at you and just really learning, you know, where are you in your health status with your performance goals, with your other life goals, right? And, and likely you don't need to do anything extreme to make huge strides in your year ahead. So mm, careful of the shiny objects. Absolutely. And we did discuss, you know, fasting in in an episode last year. I can't remember what episode, but I will just say with, with fasting to time and a place, right? We, we are absolutely supportive of some of the physiological and health benefits for that, but you have to do it right time, right place, right reason, right? Not just to say, I'm going to do it and not understand like why you're doing or, or really how, because I've seen I've seen some, some athletes go through very long fast and it was horrible for them. You know, maybe a shorter fast would be better. So again, we're not saying that you shouldn't do this, but really kind of understanding, uh, the, the health uh, benefits and consequences prior to doing it. And then maybe, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a cold water immersion or ice bath or whatever you want to call it. Maybe just dip your toes in it first. You know, maybe you do like an overnight, maybe a little bit extent, just kind of see slowly build up to it. But I I agree, you know, these things aren't just going to change everything. You know, it's not just going to be like, oh, fasted, fasted training or fasted workouts or just fasting in general. Like I'm going to be a new person. 
it can definitely be part of your routine, but we need to take a step back and look at the big picture first. Yes. Ooh, Bob, listeners. That was quite a few. I mean, take take this stuff, take these ideas, apply them to you, see see what's landing and sticking for you. But ultimately, like we said in the beginning here, we we really just want all of you to to thrive this year and for your life ahead, right? And so really um, giving attention to to these various aspects of your health and nutrition, your food choices, behaviors, and whatnot. I mean, it, it can take you so far, right, Bob? So I think Absolutely. I think that can uh, conclude our our list of of common mistakes we see. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a starter for sure, right? There's a, there are a lot more, right? <laughs> our part but, one. But I would, no, uh, yeah. I mean, I would I would impart this upon you, listeners. I'm going to challenge you this year, and the challenge is responding and reaching out to Dina and I with any additional you know nutrition mistakes that you think are very common that we haven't covered. But more importantly, because we don't want to just hear what they are, we want to be able to provide some solutions to them. So shoot yes. us an email, hello at inside sports nutrition.com. Shoot us an email, let us know what those are, and we will help find solutions for you, with you. Uh, we'll do another episode on this, or we'll just get back to you personally. So we would absolutely love to have that communication and have that, uh, you know, kind of that dialogue with you here in 2023. Sounds good, Bob. All right, Dina. Well, let's wrap it up for this one. Listeners, we so appreciate you being with us. Here's to a fantastic year. And we cannot wait to have you listen to our next episode. Eat to train. And don't forget to nourish to thrive. Thanks again for tuning into that episode. Hopefully you took away a number of tips and tidbits, things that you want to avoid here in this new year and going forward. So thanks so much for tuning in. And hey, stay tuned for next week's episode. Bob and I are reviewing a paper on caffeine. So it's a systematic review and meta-analysis talking about whether habitual caffeine consumption affects the ergogenic effects of caffeine. So don't worry, we'll make sense of this paper and how it applies to you if you are indeed a caffeine user on a daily basis or if you have had some confusion about whether or not your daily caffeine intake will affect your performance. If you have a question, don't forget to pop that over an email to hello at insidesportsnutrition.com or visit our website insidesportsnutrition.com. You'll find a way there on from the homepage to submit a question and we love to hear from you. If you have a minute and if you happen to be listening on the Apple podcasts, please take a quick moment to leave a rating and if you have a minute to write a review it really helps us and we appreciate you doing that for us for more information about the nutrition coaching and physiological testing and biomarker testing that bob and i offer be sure to head over to energyperformance.com energperformance.com to check out bob's services and my company nutritionmechanic.com to see what's up over there. Thank you so much for that. 
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. Thank you.